you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Mariota has it. Mariota inside the 10, reaches for the pylon. He's got it. Touchdown, Tennessee. Not his best part of the night. Green, bounce ahead inside the 50. Jags are set up inside the 10-yard line. Touchdown, Jacksonville. And the ball comes out. Jacksonville with the recovery. Here we go. Game on the line. A stumble. And from behind, he's taken down. And for the second straight year, the game ends on a sack. A tradition unlike any other. Jim Nance. Thursday night football. Titans, Jaguars ending on a sack. Jacksonville scores 10 points. In the final three and a half minutes to get an AFC South win. Chris Wesseling here with me. I'm Greg Rosenthal. We're going to get to Dan Hansis, Mark Sessler, and a special guest to preview all the Week 11 games. But first, let's talk about this 19-13 Jaguars win, a much-needed win for a team that's uh, in the mix now. Yeah, the Jaguars pull. They have a chance to pull into a three-way tie if the Jets beat the Texans and the Colts lose to the Falcons. And we're going to hear a lot about this sort of talk, but does it really matter? When I'm watching the Jaguars this game and most weeks, they don't really look like a good team. I'm, I am I want to be excited about them. Well, they're them. not a good team. No. All four of their wins have been down to the last minute. Three of them have been down to the last play. Now, some of their you know losses came down to the last play too, but they haven't been consistent. They do show you flashes, though. Bortles makes a few great plays. This game was similar to that. Allen Robinson's great. Allen Robinson's fantastic. Not as many flash plays from Bortles that we're used to seeing, especially in a good matchup, uh, but they haven't really put it all together in a way that I think that they could matter. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think you know if you're an AFC, AFC team, you're looking – 
whoever comes out of the South Division is going to be an easy first-round win. Well, I guess what I mean is that I can't even see them winning the division unless they improve their play in the regular season I significantly. I can easily from, see them winning really? because their schedule is cake the rest of the way, and the Colts and Texans are bad football teams. I, I would love to see it, I, and I do think they can pick up their level of play. Now they get a couple wins, maybe a little more you know confidence, what, what and help, they have young players that could play better. You know what would help them, really? I mean, this is total. – I'm being honest, bold coaching. Right, I agree. They have the tools to be a much better offense than they are because they're not aggressive. They don't play fast, and they should play fast because they have the playmakers to do it. And then running the ball three times to Denard Robinson inside the seven-yard line because you were scared that a rack post sacked you last time you were in the red zone? Give me a break. And in the last time in the red zone inside the 10-yard line, they went run, run, pass. Very old school kind of way. Gus Bradley also has a chance to win the game on a fourth and inches around the 25-yard line, I believe it was. Maybe it was 35. I'm forgetting right now. And instead of doing that, he decides to kick a a short field goal to go up six. He trusted his defense uh, to hold Tennessee out of the end zone. Either way, you're you're almost definitely going to win the game. But to me, that's the less bold call. If you really trust your defense, your defense can go ahead and stop them even if you don't get a yard. But why not trust your offense to get a yard, win the game, Mariota did a nice job driving them down the field, got them in position to throw uh, a short Hail Mary from the 25 or so. Jacksonville gets pressure, and Jacksonville's defensive line really played well all night. I think they, they housed uh, Tennessee's offensive line for the most part, and that, that to me was the main difference. I think Mariota played very well, all things considered. Right. I think the main difference, I think Titans' defense played well. And Mariota played pretty well. The difference was the 63-yard punt return by Rashad Green and then Phillip Supernall's fumble. Right. Th- those were the two biggest plays in the game. Right, which aren't – it wasn't the offense that did it. You're right. It was It was the punt return. Uh, it was – I don't know. It was Tennessee just being shorthanded. I mean, Mariota, his top receiver is Delaney Walker. Who is really good and produces every week, but right. they have nothing beyond – his second most reliable receiver for the whole season is Anthony Fasano. Right, and and there wasn't a ton of yards in this game, 300 each, but uh, I still enjoyed it. I like watching these two quarterbacks play. I think it'll be a fun little division to watch with Andrew Luck also in the mix, these three guys playing each other for a while, and you got a little taste of it. I mean, Mariota's look good. He's consistent week in, week out. Well, unless the Colts turn into the juggernaut that you think they are, <laughs> we could be treated to a Jacksonville versus Houston Game 17 uh. Winner takes it all matchup. Well, that's so depressing, and you set up such a great tease for the rest of our show. We'll, we'll talk a little Colts, Falcons, and we'll talk all the games. I just can't get wait to get right to it, so let's go send it over to Dan. The Around the NFL podcast. Can't get enough Bruno Mars. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. That's not all. Happy like Thursday. You're leaving someone out here. No, no. This next uh, member of the hero group is so important. She gets her <laughs> own introduction. This is quite a buildup. She is. No spoilers. <laughs> she is the host of NFL Total Access on NFL Network. She is Lindsay Rhodes. Click that for your Emmy reel. What? what? <laughs> oh, gracious. Oh, it's all downhill from here. Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. Yay. Yay. It's been a while. 
I'm happy to be here. It's been a while. Thanks for inviting me back. It's only been like four months or something. Well, you know, you're very important. You're busy. You're hosting, you know, the what, the post-game total access or pre-game total access for Thursday Night Football? Uh, there is only a post-game that total makes access, more sense. so I will be doing that, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, on Sundays, I, I in a, wi- a winking way, I say that our Sunday wrap-up show is the flagship show of the Around the NFL podcast, but the actual literal flagship program mm. of NFL Network is TA, Total Access, that's Lindsay's joint. So yeah. this is you're kind of a big deal. Well, so I'd appreciate it if you could not look me directly in the eye for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be I figured that as much. I Dan mean, is yeah. awkward about that anyways. Or else you're going to hear from my people. <laughs> That's not true, Greg. No, you are. You've I'll said look that. you right in the eye, baby. You said you don't like to look people in the eye in general. This is true. Only people I don't like. When did Dan say that? That seems he has. unfounded. He's not going to he's not going to deny it. That's not true. None of this is true. Um, no, it's a, you know, eye contact can be difficult sometimes. <laughs> Whatever. I just learned I, so I, much about you. Yeah, that's okay. Listen, <laughs> I don't. Think sorry, I'm not perfect that. like you, Greg. <laughs> How was your NFL Network hit today, Greg? It was great. It was yeah. fun. I heard you gave a uh, old uh, silver the business. Oh, he's putting helmets on in the middle, you know, trying to make it some sort of mockery of our important uh, football. Talk. I don't think he sees it as important. No, I mean, but it's fun. But it is. Greg is r- rising through the ranks because <laughs> sure. Uh, the face of NFL Network, Rich Eisen, was walking through the newsroom, and he's like, hey, G-Man, great hit. And Greg's like, thanks, Richie. <laughs> kind of like that. That's not it I, at all. But I, you're like on the, you're on the radar. Patrick Claibon tweeted that it was must-see TV. Wow. That, that showed up on heat, my Twitter. A lot of heat. So I'm between two living legends, basically, right now. <laughs> Rich actually was giving me a dig. He said, he said, am I Stephen A. or Skip? Ooh. <laughs> so Greg has done an excellent <laughs> job of effectively dumping the dead weight, which is the three of us. Right. Uh, <laughs> v- Vinny Chase. Vinny Chase. This is, How yes. are you doing, Turtle? The preview edition. <laughs> oh. Wow. Whatever, Wes. He said, well. <laughs> well you should have said whatever, Johnny Drama. Yeah, I could have said that. I'd rather that show's on. terrible. Let's Why are we even on. talking about it? Yeah. Today is our big preview show. You heard at the very top. You always want to put the best thing in the show at the very top, and that is Greg and Wes, the A-team, um, maybe just in their own minds, but they are the A-team. They <laughs> talked about the big AFC South showdown between the Jags and Titans. So that's how we got things started. But there are more games to get to because there are 32 teams, four teams on by. 28 teams, 14 games, 13 to talk about. Who, who is that? Is the math good there, Greg? Nailed it. Uh, I don't, that's me. That's like that Dan. wasn't like an impression that just went over my head? No, he's like channeling like a like 1640s a mathematician. Yeah. Like who just, is that person? Just an affectation. That's just Dan's guy. math voice? Yeah, from yeah. like four last, centuries Last week ago. of the buys, we're going to miss that voice. Why? Well, you could still use the voice. Did you know, Lindsay, that I once got a 39 on a state-mandated <laughs> math test in high school? Out of... You know it. Oh, one double zero. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here I am, America. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So a lot to get to. Uh, so why don't we get into the games? Because there's uh, so many games to talk about. And we will start with the game that everyone's going to have their eye on. It is being played in Chicago, Illinois. It is Denver Broncos football without Peyton Manning. Brock Osweiler will make the start over Manning, who is dealing with Plantar fasciitis in his foot. That's correct, right, Lindsay? You're a broadcaster. Well, I think the the double I pronunciation is correct, but 
there were some other issues. Okay. With it. it would be great <laughs> if you just kind of gave a, a winking shout out to Dan by pronouncing it that way from now on on the network. Peyton and his plantar fasciitis. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it is Brock Osweiler's show against Jay Cutler and the Bears. And Denver has lost two in a row after a 7-0 start. And the Bears have won two in a row after a 2-5 uh, and five start. So the Bears are in the wild card conversation. And the Broncos are looking to get back on track. Uh, Mark Sessler, I'll start with you on this. You um, believe in Brock Osweiler, true or false? Well, I don't think there's enough information because I don't really trust preseason performances. You're playing against a bunch of guys that probably aren't even going to be on the field at this time of year. I think he's in, he's stepping into a tough situation. I, I don't I don't trust him, no. Even against the Bears, who kind of stink, despite a record that's not so bad anymore. Well, I mean, the, the, the Bears have actually, I feel like, have been a, a much improved team over the last month. And it's funny because at the start of the season, we were almost across the board ripping Chicago as a clear top three draft pick candidate, and they've completely exceeded expectations. And the Broncos over the last three weeks, I mean, who saw that coming? I don't think the Bears are good defensively, though, even though they've been playing well overall as a team. And so I think it's a good matchup. There's something in in the old research packet, which I know you're going to take out a, a little later, that, you know, for the limited amount of attempts that Osweiler's had in his career, no, no NFL quarterback, I believe, in history has thrown the ball less far down the field. Now, he's only thrown 55 passes, and a lot of them are mop-up time. But basically, he is a dink and dunk, Alex Smith type of, they're going to just keep throwing the short passes. I think that's what you're going to see out of Oswell. There are not a lot of chances being taken. Lindsay, I asked this to the guys in the last show. I'll ask you, do you think we've seen our final like big Peyton Manning moment, or does he have a comeback down the road in your mind? Well, I think if we, that's a tough one. I don't. I think there's a possibility that that was it for Peyton. That would be sad if this is how it ends. Oh, so sad. You I know? mean, one win away from the record. Oh my! One God. win away, and that. he can't get it. Not Watching that bang. game again this week, when they had to slow down and stop action to do the ceremony where he had the most passing yards in NFL history. Sandwiched between two disastrous plays, and the look on his face was one of complete and utter frustration. He has to be yeah. embarrassed by what's happening. Yeah, uh, he's such sure a proud guy. There's, no one's ever put up better numbers in the history of the game at the position. And, I mean, it, he's just showing that he's mortal, and it's kind of tough to watch. Can you imagine if they had come back and they had won that game? Mm. <laughs> so he actually, since he was the starting quarterback, would have gotten the win. He would have become the winningest quarterback in the history of the National Football League <laughs> in a game in which he was benched. It's a dumb stat. That's like Landry Jones getting the win last week. Doesn't the quarterback have to go at least five innings? <laughs> <laughs> I I think this is a game that the Bear, you know, they always want to downplay revenge factor, but I'm sure the Bears coaching staff wants to stick it to John Elway in the organization that booted them after one of the best oh, like three-year runs in organizational history. They get rid of John Fox. And then there's probably a little bit of Jay Cutler, too. I know it's been a while, the people that got rid of him, but he got run out of town by Josh McDaniels. This is the first time he's played. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, what? He did not get run out of town by Josh McDaniels. He pouted his way yeah. out of Denver. Hey, that's that's just He demanded a trade when he found out that Josh McDaniels was looking into Castle. How'd that work out for Josh McDaniels? Not well. Nor how how has Jay Cutler's career worked out since then? Made a lot of money. Yeah, money is important. <laughs> I find. Hey, by the way, I was working on something. Uh, as you know, like if you guys follow current events, uh, you know I've been trying to bring back uh, winning. 
How's that working? Don't know if it's going to happen. Ill-timed. Charlie might have some issues right now. And certainly has issues. I'm going to try to resurface this. The Bears. Oh, yeah. Bring that back. Thoughts? Try to get that in the mainstream. There's a uh, eight-minute video that exists on YouTube from the early 1990s or mid-1990s when I and some friends did a De Bears skit for a uh, <laughs> wow. for a wedding proposal. Can we surface this? It's on this? YouTube? It's on YouTube. Oh, wow. I don't you know if you should have told, told us, us that. that. Yeah. yeah. Greg also revealed this week that he found a picture. Lizzie, were you, I don't know if you've been involved with one of the pods where it was real that Greg – was in a uh, goth prog rock band That's in the late 90s. <laughs> he, no. makes, yeah. he makes no. this up. In New England, uh, I was, emo. It was called Delaware, and he was the singer. I was in a silly high school band that had nothing to do with goth or prog rock. Well, you can't the see it when one, you're that deep in it. Their best hit was called Hurt Hurts. It was very I don't think that Dan would have said that if it wasn't true, though. They've made up a fictional world. Basically, most things out of Dan's mouth are not true. <laughs> what? That's insulting. Was there a band that you were in called Delaware and you were the singer? That's true. That part is true. Right. The, rest, the rest is the rest. gray area. Have you, know. have you played any of that music on the pod? We have reached out or at least asked for people to send the music forward to us. And a drummer came out of the woodwork at some point and sent us a photo, I believe. But we've yet to get any messages. I, I dropped the ball. I got a Facebook message from somebody who has materials. Wes. Wes. I, 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 I was worried about sitting on a gold mine, buddy. follow up. All right. We split on this game. Uh, Mark. Greg, you should own this before it happens, by the way. You should just bring it in yourself. I don't. It's not That's like PR I own 101. It, right? Get ahead of this. Of it. yeah. It's not like I own <laughs> the old recordings. I haven't, I haven't kept the tapes to How Do You Want It Cooked. We, uh, Our first album. <laughs> <laughs> how Do You Want It Cooked? I've literally oh, told you guys so that like great. seven times. It gets the yeah, but it's it's, it's great yeah, that it clears out and then you get to enjoy it all over again. We've created so many fictional first albums for Delaware that I forget that the actual one was named. That. <laughs> we split on this game. Uh, Mark, Dan, and Connor took the Bears. Another renegade, Connor Orr, by the way, had a big week uh, of games. He's going to be all over the map on this. And Wes and Patra both took the Broncos. Uh, moving forward, we have the St. Louis Rams. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what's going on with the St. Louis Rams. They have a new quarterback, of course. Wes's boy, Case Keenum, uh, takes over for Nick Foles, who was benched after weeks of uninspiring play. They head to Baltimore to face the Ravens, the 2-7 and seven Ravens, one of the very worst teams, Mark Sessler, in the NFL, and you're loving it. I love it. That's great. You're, you're like a DJ right now, by the way, Mark. You have one ear... With the the cans you're wearing, one is not covered. What's going on there? That's a Sessler trademark. Is it? I maybe I just. It's never saw far the more comfortable, and this does not does nothing for the listener to have one side of the earphone not on. For Got, me, oh, are, okay. you, are there gnats in the room that you need to take in? <laughs> are there what? <laughs> like natural sound? Oh, I see. We call gnats. it oh, call well, them gnats. Listen, that was, in the biz. That was hit a higher level. TV lingo. Like you're bringing me into a new world with the jargon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are. I like to have a little bit of headphone sound, a little bit of ambient noise too. All right, your thoughts about this game, Mark? Well, I mean, this is not. A, if you were Nick Foles, this is the wrong week to get benched before because Baltimore's defense has allowed almost everyone to pass against them. But the Ravens actually have not had a single game decided by more than eight points all season. I mean, they've they've been sneaky close, but for me, it comes down to Todd Gurley. That's all that the only component there is to St. Louis's offense. But Stop can he him. carry it? I mean, so if it all comes down to Todd Gurley, then 
that's well outside of last week when he had what 45 yards i think he leads the league since week four in rushing yards a per little game quiet the week before too so he hasn't had one of those monster games in a couple weeks now greg are you starting to get a little nervous now about the rams a team that you've fought for you put sandwiches on the line for that they're still not putting together now they're turning to case keenum to save their season it, it seems like there's a lot of warning signs here yeah that's desperate moves and this is the perfect week I mean Jeff Fisher didn't do that by accident he knows this is a soft landing they have to win this game if they win this game they're at five and five they're in the mix it's a tough schedule down the stretch I'm not convinced they will win this game though because the Ravens I mean Joe Flacco's playing pretty well last week's performance was about as good a performance that a quarterback with three turnovers could possibly have he is doing as much for his team as much as on his shoulders as just about any quarterback in the entire league. And by the way, they won that game were it not for a referee disaster. Well, that's fair. I mean, I don't feel bad for the Ravens uh, necessarily. They've had a lot of great fortune over the years, but I'd be very angry about what happened last week. That's literally a blown call that costs you a game when you're trying to get... Remember, before that Jaguars game, we were all talking about how you know, and the Ravens themselves are talking about, hey, if we win this game, we win that game, we're in the mix. Now they're buried at 2-7. and seven. I kind of feel like the Vikings game was the turning point game for the Rams, that that's mm. the one that they needed to win. And mm. when they didn't win it, I kind of mm. mentally like checked them off the list. Mm. That's yeah. I agree. And they had chances to win at the end of that game, and they weren't really that aggressive. Wes, I mean, this is a big moment for you. You are the biggest Case Keenum supporter in the entire country outside of the, the world family. What are you thinking right now? Do you think that was kind of a joke? Do you really think that do you think he can maybe give him a little spark? I do. I, Nick. Case, or, or what's his name? Case Keenum? Case Keenum. Keenum. <laughs> his biggest supporter, ladies his, and gentlemen. You, you have Lindsay his poster next, in your bedroom. <laughs> put Lindsay next to Wes, and he's just flummoxed the whole time. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Twitter-pated. <laughs> Case Keenum is either great or terrible. There's no in-between with him. I think once defense has figured out if they blitzed him, he can't do anything. So that's... I mean, that's going to be the problem. Can he handle a blitz? He does. I mean, I like that he throws the ball downfield. He's definitely more of a gunslinger type than Nick Foles is. I don't know. I think the fact that Nick Foles was a gunslinger is what got him benched. Did Jeff Fisher Well, he's not completing anything. He, right. That they were saying he was not looking through his progressions that he's going for the big shot, getting impatient. You, you mentioned that he was 0 for 11 on throws 10 yards or more last week, which is a lot of throws down the field. And they, they were getting frustrated with Foles just going bombs away, bombs away, and none of them being completed ever. Yeah, I think it'll be a totally different offense with Case Keenum. They, they has, he has different abilities. He's more of a scrambler, too. Connor and Patra both took the Ravens in this game. The rest of us took the Rams. Moving forward, the Indianapolis Colts are playing without Andrew Luck this week. It'll be Matt Hasselbeck's time to shine Already 2-0 and this season. One of Greg's favorite players. I think he's in your top five in the QB mm. index. Right? Time to shine. Also a great segment on uh, Adam Shine's program. It's a segment. <laughs> um, so you have Matt Hasselbeck uh, starting this game with Andrew Luck out with the abdominal tear, uh, which is just a gross-sounding injury, uh, and the pierced kidney. What is it? Lacerated. Lacerated. Nasty. Lacerated. So against the Atlanta Falcons. And here's a game. This will be very interesting, Lindsay, because – Yes, the Falcons uh, got off to the 5-0 and start. They're 6-3, and and everybody kind of is in agreement that the Colts aren't very good, and now they don't have Andrew Luck. But when's the last time the Falcons really made you say, wow, this team could actually be a team to watch in the NFC? That's what I'm most confused about is what happened to the Falcons? They were. It can't just be that they started with all this momentum and then they you know, just were playing better they lucky than they actually lot. were. Well, yeah, one, They were lucky. Well, there was one key factor. I mean, their turnover – 
differential over the first five games was very positive, like plus five, something like that. And it's been negative five over the last four. They're not winning that battle. And they also early on played a bunch of backup quarterbacks that weren't the week one starter. None None of their wins, just looking at it now, are against teams that have a winning record. And they've lost three of four. In, in a very easy part of their schedule, they've lost three of four, and the three losses are to New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco. And their one win in that is a three-point win against Tennessee. So I just think there uh, there's so many teams that are in this big middle of the NFL. There's a not, big middle they, issue. They're not yeah. worse than them. They're just, you know, a 16th or 18th best team in the league. They're going to be in every game, and the Colts are in that group too. But I think the Colts are going to play well. I, I think they're going to win. They seem to with Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah, this season. Yeah, the most head scratching thing I've heard all week is Greg's just insistence that because the Colts had one good game, they're all of a sudden poised to be great now. No, I don't think they're <laughs> going to be great. I think they're going to go win in Atlanta. You I think, think they're like suddenly a great. Team I like because when they have Greg one good exasperates game. Wes. I just don't understand it. <laughs> what, like you the mean Colts, every day, it's not day. like they're on a three game run. They have one good game, and you think that's like a turning point. I for them. I do. I think we saw the a lot of what we thought was. We were going to see throughout the season from the Colts when they played Denver. Except I don't, they're not the same team. They don't have Andrew Luck. This but is I called think Matt, scientist heat. I think Matt Hasselbeck each other. will be fine, especially in a game like this. Maybe over time, you're right. It's going to. You be don't a think that Matt Hasselbeck played over his head for two games? I do. He had a, he had easy matchups, and he plays another Mark, one. You hate to see this. It's uncomfortable, but I I, mean, I am listening. There's a lot of content being dispensed. The scientist. You, you think you think that he played over his head? No, they're talking no, about I'm, Wes and I arguing because right. they've been in L.A. too long and they don't understand that people can respect and even love each other <laughs> and have a healthy argument. Uh, and, Are we and, still talking about the Colts yeah, well, and the Falcons? Yeah, this is completely spun <laughs> out Welcome of to our world, Lindsay. <laughs> I'd be concerned about Hasselbeck, like his brother mentioned, to be playing five, six games in a row. Kevin Hasselbeck you're referring to? I believe it's Timothy. <laughs> oh, it's a different brother. Yes. Okay. I just, it's not a good setup for – a big chunk of the season, and I'm on Wes's side if this is where you still sit. I think the Jaguars, if they win Thursday night, and we probably, the listeners already know that. You just blew I, that. Yeah. Well, I will tell you what. I think Jacksonville is the team to to watch for in this that, division. You could look bad tonight. <laughs> I this, might. Yeah, the Titans. But that wouldn't be the first time on this show. That's okay. So. By the way, back to the Falcons second. I hold in my hands the 2015 season Week 11 research notes. I'll be back in the <laughs> All right. That's the best one yet. Little Winwood. Little Winwood. <laughs> Here we go. Assume, all right, so Matt Hasselbeck starting. It will mark the fifth game this season in which the Falcons have avoided the opposing team's week one starting quarterback. They've already faced, listen to these quarterbacks. That sounds familiar. Brandon Whedon, Ryan Mallett, Zach Mettenberger, Blaine Gabbert, <laughs> and now Matt Hasselbeck. So maybe part of the reason why they are winning games is because they're playing a bunch of they're bums. They're the Gabbert. Yeah. That's the loss in that group. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see who. Uh, where did we all come down on this game? Ooh, Kevin Patra. Oh no, excuse me. I forgot what game we're talking about. Indianapolis. Oh, we all took yes. the Falcons, and that makes sense. Ooh, Greg. What? Wes and Greg. Club? That little fight kind of threw you off, huh? Well, well, you know, it's like scientists are supposed to come together for progress, so I don't like it when dissension. I'm surprised because Wes is the one that had the Indianapolis Colts as his second or third best team going into the season. Ooh. And then finally they showed up. You got you got to see a tough T.Y. They've Hilton been a bad, bad football Frank team Gore. the entire year until they Kendall played Langford's one playing well. Wait, right. wait, did you say everyone's taking the Falcons? Yes. How about you? Okay. That usually no, you goes don't agree. very... I don't, I don't, I don't... Lizzie has to stay impartial. 
The that Colts goes are poorly for a us juggernaut. Mm. Okay, moving forward. Colts are the best team in the league. Everybody can just leave the season, just give the championship to the Colts. The Washington Redskins uh, are four and five, and that's good enough to be a half game out in the NFC least. Nailed it. Uh, they now face the Carolina Panthers, who you may have heard are nine and zero, and you may have heard that Cam Newton is an MVP candidate. So here's the question. I'll start with you, Lindsey Rhodes. Okay. Uh, host of NFL Total Access. Thank you for reminding me. On NFL Network, superstar in the midst. Uh, Is Washington the team to end Carolina's perfect season? Are they going to keep marching? Uh, I'm not going to – I'm not going to vote against Carolina until somebody proves that I should. At this point, I've I've bought into Carolina. I will continue to buy into Carolina until somebody – uh, proves that they can beat them. I feel like this question gets asked every week, it, and the answer is always the Panthers just don't have a weakness that the other team can exploit. I mean, it'd be different if they were playing the Patriots or something, but I don't think that the the Panthers are just a much stronger team than the Redskins. They're, they're almost like the, the bizarro Cowboys in the sense, like Cowboys are a team that has no idea how to close, and the Panthers, even when they're not playing great, they know how to make the plays at the end of the game, and they close out these teams, and that's the only way you can get to 9-0. and You have to steal some games, and, and they've been done a great job all well, season. One thing that's for ha- the, oh. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. For, the, for Washington, I think that you're only looking at this and you're saying, is this a trap game? Because they're coming off a big win against New Orleans, so we're basing this – purely off of what we saw last week against the Saints and saying, like, ooh, they looked so good, now Carolina. Right. Well, according but to I don't he, think that if you compared the two teams on paper or what we've seen so far this yeah. year, you would think that the Panthers were uh, in trouble. Well, according to these guys over here, there's two MVP candidates in this game, Cam Newton and Kirk Cousins. Wait, you have, you still have <laughs> Kirk Cousins, like, five spots too low in your rankings. Where's Kirk on the rankings? I don't even know if you're watching him play. Like Kirk, I, it blows my mind. He's had some great moments this it, season and some bad ones. Right, exactly. He has a very low ceiling. He is very similar to Alex Smith, the type of quarterback that Wes usually hate, which is even in his good games, it's just going to be a lot of short passes and receivers doing the work for him. But every three games, he has a total mental mental meltdown. So when your high What's games are not that high. Stuff, he hit Deshaun Jackson in stride down the nice. sideline, squeezed a pass into Jamison Crowder for a touchdown. Gross. Great quarterback. <laughs> he's, what? he's coming off the best game against the worst defense in NFL history, as you've said. This and Red he has Spins never team. followed up a game in which he's had a uh, passer rating in the triple digits mm. with a win. Well, and he's also not had a lot of chances to follow up a good game with another one. Cause he's he had a better a- season than Jameis Winston, whom you have him behind. Close. He's had a better season than Andrew Luck and Sam Bradford, too. The Redskins' defense in the first four weeks, and I think what Wes and I liked about them a lot, they were running the ball extremely well, and they shut four straight teams down to well under 100 yards rushing. That's Carolina's strength. They run the ball. In the last five, they have not given up less than 150 yards rushing. They're getting creamed on the ground, and Washington's not doing what seemed to be their staple early on. And that's when you get inconsistent quarterback play. They can't run the ball, and they can't stop it in most games. When it's clicking, Kirk Cousins has been very good. I am a believer in Kirk Cousins if he goes to Charlotte and does the damage this week. But see, I, I, don't I, I need that, to see I don't that. see that happening. This is not a good matchup. It's a wake-up call after you beat a Saints defense. I mean, the Panthers are a totally different – you're going against Josh right, Norman if, and, and Luke Keekley. If you're now. saying Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, he shouldn't be overmatched by anybody. 
I think what he needs I, is – I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a disrespected quarterback. He's a very okay. mediocre yeah. guy. Everyone okay. thinks he's terrible. No, I, I don't think he's going to get a lot ter- of money in that, the offseason. Yes, There's is. very little difference in those rankings between, like, 15 and 25. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's been fine. I mean, he's not been good, but it, it, they're all in the middle. But you're ignoring Cousins' game against the Giants. I'm not ignoring Dolphins, any of his games. And the Falcons and the Jets. Like, he's had plenty of – Really bad game. Unlike you, I'm not ignoring p- part of his game. Hey, I got scores and everything. You guys got to get together <laughs> and talk some stuff out. It's starting to get heated between the scientists. The Redskins, by the way, are going to win, according to Connor Orr. <laughs> I told you, he is a renegade this week, especially. Oh, he's gotten plenty First of First road win right. of the season against the undefeated team. I guess weirder things have he's happened. He's no longer in last place in the picks. Well, you didn't have to bring that up. I had a I bad did. week. Who is? Week. I am. The old Zeuser. I had a really Everyone bad week. Everyone had a bad week last week. That it, was a weird week. It was the most um, dog uh, teams won outright since 1971. Wow. And I went favorites heavy, and I got banged. Mm. Moving forward, the Oakland Raiders. And I'll be back. Don't give up on the I always finish right in the middle of the pack. <laughs> Mediocrity. Wow. That's what I got for. <laughs> You're the cousins of game well, Except for that first year. You don't even get to talk about picks, Greg. Well, you just can't make up. Where's the burlap thing? sack? We can ha- we can have it brought up here. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders are heading to Detroit to face the Lions. Uh, I don't know about this game. We got a um, Lions team that's two and seven. The Raiders, who are, have been up and down, which you would expect, I guess. But now you need to take care of business against Detroit. I believe that the Lions are coming off their biggest one of the season, obviously at Lambeau. So maybe they have some confidence now. But the Oakland Raiders, if they want to play uh, in the postseason, they want to play in January the first for the first time in over a decade. Got to take care of business here, Greg Rosenthal. You think they can do it? I think the Raiders will win, but I am interested to see what kind of Lions team comes out because if you had only seen that one game, I mean, it was a good performance on both sides of the ball from them, especially after a slow start for their offense in that game. I just think the Raiders' defense is – especially without Alden Smith, who is suspended uh, for the rest of the season and was playing very well for them. It's just not a playoff defense. It's it's a bottom seven or eight type of defense. And that's you're asking Derek Carr to put up 30, 35 points every week. I love Derek Carr, but that's going to that's going to be tough to do over the course of the season. This is a much better matchup than going against the Vikings, which, you know, under the radar, a lot of people killing us on the Vikings have a top three defense right now. And this is this is a matchup where Oakland can do what it wants to do, I think. Oakland's line has been really good all year, but they were dominated for the most part up front last week against Minnesota. We'll see. Detroit, I mean, they're a team that a lot of us had having a pretty good season going into the year. It wouldn't shock me if they go five and five in their last ten games or whatever it's gonna be after their bye. Little Caldwell magic. Why not? They're not uh, I mean, that's true. It's I mean too late to call it magic, but the the fact that they started off so terribly was one of the Biggest shocks of the season, I think, to a lot of people. Now they cleaned house internally or are on their way to doing that. It wouldn't stun me. They still have some pieces that they could win some games down the stretch. I could, I would, I would be shocked if they played spoiler. A lot but of you pe- see that a lot when when you make massive changes, either to the coaching staff or you know just within the team. You see a lot of those games that immediately follow that, where they play outside themselves and you know come up with a huge win that no one is expecting and then they go back to being themselves the next week. Dolphins so I'm curious to see how the Lions respond this week once they kind of get back to some normalcy. That was a quirky game too against the Packers. It was very there were a lot of weird plays down the stretch and one I of the give the Lions a lot of credit cuz they made a lot of big plays when they needed to. They also got lucky down the stretch cuz they did everything in their power to give the game away as well and they still yeah. got away with it. That's true. Um the Lions 
uh, are they going to be the winner of this game, according to Chris Wessling and the old Zeus? Wow, why do you have wow. the Lions winning, Wes? Because the Raiders can't stop anyone. A lot of people were wrong about Mario Edwards, their second-round defensive end, who's played back-to-back phenomenal games. But this defense can't stop anyone. But can the Lions stop Carr and I don't Uber? Know. It's, and it's a coin flip game. I went back and forth on it. I like the Raiders' offense a lot. Oh, Those young sure. guys, are they're just so good. Yeah. I'm curious to see what uh, Alden Smith not being on the field, how that changes things, though. He hasn't had a particularly loud season, but he's a presence. Mm -hmm. You know what? It makes me think, not to get too dark for these fans that are out there, it makes me think the Raiders would be the most fun team to move down here to Los Angeles to have as our local team. I could kind of get I could get on board with this Raiders team on the rise for a while. Cooper and Carr and whatnot. Sorry, Oakland. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that's not nice. Well, if one of them's going to come here, I at least want it to be the one that makes me the happiest. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. Uh, moving on to the next 1 p.m. game, we have the New York Jets uh, coming off. As a Jets fan, one of the more frustrating games in, in several years, a loss at home to Rex Ryan and the Bills. And now they uh, have a chance to bounce back against a uh, Houston Texans team coming off their big upset of the season, knocking off the undefeated uh, Bengals on Monday night. The good news for the Jets is that T.J. Yates will be the starter in this game. Uh, I believe Brian Hoyer is a mediocre quarterback, but I believe that T.J. Yates, uh, given the a bigger sample, will be exposed as one of the worst starting quarterbacks in football. Uh, so I think the Jets secondary will get healthy against T.J. Yates. I feel great about this, Wes. Am I crazy? No, come on. T.J. Yates isn't going to beat anyone except the Bengals. He owns the Bengals, but he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he's a bad, he's a bad, bad quarterback. I don't. I I think there's like a three percent chance the Texans can win this. Jets wow. have not beaten three. a team with a winning record, but the Texans do not have a winning record. So you're in good shape, Dan. <laughs> I would like. I would appreciate it, Mark. It looks like you went through my research notes to get that. Oh, really? And I'm a little upset about it, but I'm gonna well, keep moving on. Well, you you effectively duplicated my information from earlier in the podcast with your last notes. So, oh, you know, I don't recall that. You could just re. You could just reread the same thing I just said. Wow. No, I wouldn't do that. Okay. There well, are an option. So You're making Greg and I a little I know. I, I just got attacked by Mark. I didn't mean to. We need a well. nickname for you guys. And they cut to a split screen so that you guys could fight it out. <laughs> They're cutting to a split screen. We're not even recording this. No. It's just for their own amusement. <laughs> Greg is very happy that it's not focused on him and Wes for five seconds of this entire show. Go on, Mark, go ahead. You run the show. No, I've said enough. Do you want to see the Texans win so that J.J. Watt can be interviewed on the field again and see what he comes up with with regards to Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard? Well, you know what? (laughs) We talked about it, Lindsay, earlier this week that it was it seemed very practiced and rehearsed. Yeah. J.J. Watt. And then but Dalton was the ultimate loser because then he doubles down and he just let it go. Never talk about it again. But then he had to uh, retract his response which just makes him look even worse. I didn't think it was a great Andy I Dalton just, look. I don't understand why he insisted that he hadn't seen it and he wasn't going to see it. Like, why was that so important to point out? Like, you, how have you not seen it? Mm. It's all over right. TV. You've seen it at some point, he right? He now has the perfectly redone hair. He obviously, as Dan pointed out, has a stylist because he's dressed completely different. He's very edgy. Right. Had he blown off that comment and been like, I'm too big for this, it would have been a whole new world for Andy Dalton. Instead, he slid back down into an area where we don't respect him. It would have been so – well, the move would have been to just been like, well, maybe he should check out the standings or something and just move on. Right. But he just botched it. I kind of felt bad for him because he's not a guy that's going to burn anybody. That's not Andy Dalton's game. <laughs> 
Except for his that hair. That said, I feel like <laughs> there is kind of an unspoken rule amongst players. You don't call out another guy and say, like, hey, I beat you and made you look bad. Yeah, like, nobody bad. does yeah, that. He, so, come on. That was, it was nothing. It was no, he but it in you the never sixth hear grade it. style. Like, he, that insult, if someone had made that insult to someone else on a middle school playground, that person would be mocked because of how stupid and late, like soft that insult was. It like could Unless not, it was like 1947. And he, and he acted like it was like he had questioned the integrity of his family or something. No, he didn't even act like it. He said that. <laughs> right. But, the integrity uh, of the game. Think of the children. Uh, lucky, red how red lucky could the Jets be? This is a sign the Jets are going to the playoffs because the football gods are with them to serve up TJ Yates for him. It is. No, it is certainly fortunate for the Jets. And how much, by the way, your, t- your boy uh, – Greg, Geno Smith, uh, I'm making the leap candidate. How <laughs> how against uh, Geno Smith or the Jets that they are insistent on starting Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Texans, even though he just had his thumb cut open um, five days ago? He they practiced fully. I'm saying they, they never even gave any thought to, you know, maybe split the reps, maybe see if Ryan's 100%. We, we don't want to set back. They do not want Geno Smith anywhere near the field. They don't want a game to get blown. Well, let, let's see how Ryan Fitzpatrick plays this week because he, okay. was, he was terrible on Thursday night football. The good thing is he's always aggressive, so he made the big plays at the end to get them back in it, even though he played really poorly the rest of the game. He wasn't he, helped out by his receivers. No, but yes, and he, he, had had a, he had a broken thumb on his non-throwing hand, which might have been a factor. But he's going against his old team. He's had a lot of crazy moments in that stadium where he was a little too aggressive, too. And this Texans defense played well. Would not surprise me if Ryan Fitzpatrick comes a little back to earth because he's been like that throughout his whole career. Specifically, their secondary plate had some big plays in that game. Right. Uh, Connor Orr, who I said is the renegade, took the Texans. Connor has an impressive streak if you want to go back into the archives. He's picked against both New York teams, which he's covered. He's done the beat for both teams every single week except for, I think, one week. That's peculiar. It is. It makes you think what's going on kind of behind the scenes there. He's a man that holds grudges, from That's what true. I've known. <laughs> I think he just doesn't like them personally. He's getting a lot of these swing-for-the-fences picks right, though. He does okay. Most people would, I think. If you go, you'll get probably half, maybe. It's a hard league to figure out. <laughs> um, what's so funny? <laughs> Nothing. It's an appropriate summary of the events. Nice job. Was there something wrong with what I said, Lindsay? Yeah, no, no. Moving forward. The Dallas Cowboys have Tony Romo back. Uh, Tony's back after an 0-7 run with Brandon Whedon and Matt Castle. Now they get the Miami Dolphins on the road. So this is not a gimme. The Dolphins have been you know, very up and down since Dan Campbell took over. Um, so you can't really figure out which, which team's going to show up here. But you know the Cowboys will be a significantly improved team with Tony Romo. However, Lindsay. They're also going to have a Tony Romo that hasn't played in two months. He could be rusty. Is that a very real fear for a team that basically needs a win or you could kiss the season goodbye? Well, uh, I'll tell you this. His Twitter game is strong. He's doing oh, a yeah. nice job of that. That tweet oh, yeah. that he dropped uh, earlier this week. The major league tweet? That was pretty solid. Didn't he have another one too? Uh, well, I know about the major league one. I'm not aware of a second. Yeah, I don't like follow him on Twitter, but I just you don't? hear about the major league tweet. Wait, what did he say? I, you wrote a postmark about Romo uh, today, didn't you? Well, he know he had comments basically saying that the season's far from over, and he, that's sort of been his the tenor of the whole team. But You're it buying is, it. You think they're going to go on a run? I think they're going to go on a run this week. Then they well, play the Panthers the week after that. That's where it could end. How, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say if so, if they win all of their games, they have nine wins. Yeah, like nine wins is best case scenario, and they're yeah. perfect from here on out. I just I don't know that I see that happening. Six to eight probably would be. 
They they had the fourth hardest schedule remaining of any team in the league, and no two and seven team has ever made the playoffs since mm. 1990. They got to eight and won their division games. There'd be a decent chance that they won the division, but that's really that's going to be really hard. To well, the problem you're is- asking for everyone to. I mean, yes, I understand that nobody in that division wants to win the division, but you're asking for everyone to fail miserably. No, I'm right. asking for them to keep at the exact same level that they've been at. I mean, there's only one team even at 500 in that division. I, I I would be surprised if any of those teams, maybe not surprised, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if 8-8 eight and eight wins that division. Right. Stranger things have happened. Would it surprise you if they win seven straight? Yes. Because of their they schedule. win one straight. I'm not sure they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna win this game. This team. Why not? This Dolphins two are two and seventeen gets more attention than the other thirty-one teams in the league combined. The Dolphins. But that's just the way it is. The Cowboys but, will but always give it attention. To, to it, uh, they're terrible. But it makes sense this week. I agree with you most weeks, but I think this week it makes sense because they looked good with Tony Romo. They were two and zero, and then they lose him, and it makes him look like an MVP candidate because yeah. we see the difference. With and without, and so he, now he's back, and there is mathematically enough time for them to make a run. And so, let's you know, say, will they? I, th- I think those questions are valid this week. If let, they lose this week, then I agree with you. Yeah. Let's say they have to get to eight to have any chance of going to the playoffs. And here's the rest of the schedule. It's not easy, like we said. At Dolphins, home to Panthers, at Redskins, at Packers. So they got four, three road games in the next four weeks. So it's going to be very hard to navigate that. And the Panthers and the Packers in that mix. Right. Home to the Jets, at Buffalo, which is a tough game, and then home to the Redskins. It's rough. Forget you look at the schedule, they're in trouble. What what helps them is that when he was the quarterback and they went 2-0, and those wins came against the Giants and Eagles. You have the Redskins twice. You lost two to those to the Giants and Eagles down the stretch. You can come out of there with a 4-2 and record in your division. That may settle it. Uh, Mark and I both took the Cowboys. The rest took the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins have become the, even though Joe Philbin's not there, they are the NFL equivalent of Joe Philbin at this point. Just, we don't even talk about them. When when their games come up, but there's nothing left. It's just they're like seven and nine. They are the AFC's St. Louis Rams. Jay Ajayi, pretty impressive. He's going to eat into Lamar Lamar Miller's workload. He looks like a really good running back. Good backfield. Uh, I hope so, because I have him stashed right now on my fantasy team. Unleash him. Awful, awful, awful. Defending champion, I know you are. That's a cagey move by you. Yeah, it's well, it's not when I picked him up last week. But I'm just Uh, saying I have him there just in case. I actually might have started him. I might be lying to you. My my team's awful. Like, what are you waiting for in terms of putting him in the lineup? No, like, like that's what I mean. Yeah. I might I might be lying to you. He might actually be in oh, my gotcha. lineup. I don't know why you there pick is... up Jay Ajayi if you don't desperately need to start right. somebody. Right. There, there is right. a large trophy sitting on Lindsay's desk. I just like to remind In the people. newsroom. You did win last year. And You're not having a good season this clearly year? Clearly, it's going to be a short-lived well, stay on my desk. What can you do? Yeah. You executed Fabs, right? You, you Fabs. swept the floor with, Web, with Fabs. This you, year? You murdered? Last year, I believe. Michael Fabiano? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Before we move forward, let's um, last uh, <laughs> our last show. We uh, played one of our favorite little games on the Around the NFL podcast. It is uh, called in English. It's called. Can I do it? Yes. Okay. Well, I just when yes. you get to that part in English, okay. Lindsay. Okay. Don't don't walk on the show. I know you're the queen. Of no. NFL oh, right. you see how it is for you. See how it is now. Host T. <laughs> Dan likes to put all his subjects in his place. <laughs> I just I, I didn't get to play last week, and so I just want oh, I want to have an opportunity to say it. You went around. Don't the be table so sure that you week. won't be able to yeah. play. So the name of the game is "What's Your Fancy," but we like to translate it, Lindsay, don't we? Cool, it's too fantasia. 
Very well. Very well done. Well done. And because we are big Lindsay fans, uh, I've drawn up a Qualis tu Fantasia just for you. Ding, 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 ding. All right, let's let's play the game. Qualis tu Fantasia. You are Lindsay Rhodes. Oh, yeah. One afternoon, a mysterious elfin man with the hair of Rob Ryan and the face of Willow. Wait, a what kind of man? Elfin. Elfin man. Okay. Small. You remember who Willow was? Do you remember Willow? The oh. movie? The creature? Yes. Yeah. Will Smith's uh, daughter? So he's got Rob Ryan's hair and Willow's face. Here's <laughs> at your front door. He has a proposition. Intrigued and un- unafraid, you invite him into your home and put on a pot of coffee. That checks out. After some genial chit-chat, the man summons two portals in your living room. If you choose to enter portal one, you will become the first female general manager in NFL history, leading the Rams, either in St. Louis or Los Angeles. If you choose Portal 2, you will be fundamentally the same person with the same life and career, but you will now have the secret ability to read a person's mind anytime you make eye contact. Lindsay Rhodes, I ask you this. The second one. Yeah, that, it was like the option one was like, eh, maybe it's better than my current life. Probably not. And the second one's amazing. Yeah, is sec- it though? Second one's. Great. Do you want to know what people exactly think? I mean, I'm not I'll sure I would it. all the time. Well, that's true, but c- could I turn it off? Or no. am I just no. being bombarded with all of your stupid thoughts? Yeah, yeah but yeah. I would rather that than have a job that I'm totally like, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying I'm totally unprepared and unqualified for it. And I'm going to be fired for it. That doesn't sound fun. I'd rather have my job than be. Plus you'd be taking I'm glad care you clarified of Henderson's that you husband's weren't job. projecting onto me with that. Comment. I feel like right. he was. And then he stopped. I'm totally job. prepared to be the general manager. <laughs> no, I was, Rams. I was talking for this whole room. Well, I just figured I, as you know, no, we're all big football fans. It would be kind of really exciting to be a GM and you would surround yourself with people that would help you learn on the, on the go. Uh, I would think that potentially you would be pumped up about that opportunity and there would be some downsides to reading minds. Yeah, potentially, but uh, there could be upside as well. Oh, plenty of upside. Yeah. I think and, it's a mixed bag. And and I like my life. That's you true. Know, I'd rather stay in my comfort zone. I feel like I, you mm. know, I kind of know what I'm doing here. I could set myself up for a massive failure as the general manager would, of the Rams. Would <laughs> former and be on the street in would, a year. So if let's say you took over the Rams job though, that's Kara Henderson's husband's job yeah. at the moment. Oh, well, then we co-worker. would have beef. You'd have problems. Like you guys have beef. Well, <laughs> if you really want to know, you'd Les have to put need, us on a split screen. Lesnead and Kara Henderson would go back to the network, and Kara would be working at TA again. You'd switch roles essentially. That's interesting. This mm. would, yeah. Man, just would set off a massive chain. It'd of be events. great if you could turn off <laughs> butterfly the, effect. If you could turn on and off the mind sure. thing, because after yeah. a while it would get tiring, if nothing yeah. else. Like I like that an else. elven man has appeared twice in uh, Qualis Two Fantasia. Big big moment for elves in general. Goblins have a role in the game for whatever reason. Wait, are elves and goblins? Aren't no, they they're different? Not, they're not the same thing. They're but not. I no, see. I, I, are I more mean. Than I'm elf. not gonna lie and tell you that I have any idea what an elfin man is. Elfin, E L F I N. Right, Elfin. 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 I've seen elfin. the word before. I just feel like I, I can't think, picture. But it's an adjective. An it doesn't is. mean you're an elf. I mean, it could if you really want to, but well. you're just describing kind of a a, a mythical s- creature, kind of a whimsical no, like creature. A, but I could describe you as someone could describe me as elf, and kind of small and oh. <laughs> mischievous or something. Greg you know, pointed at me. I don't like that at all. Greg <laughs> saves himself in the middle yeah. of a point for the second. Well, time not really. You fell completely fell into it and then I was salvaged going with the other small man in the room. You're, all right, I don't like that at you're all. You're not Elfin. Thank you very much. Now, that's an authority. I Greg's guess. just projecting and spewing <laughs> his hate all over the, the studio. It's outrageous. So you, the final decision, and it doesn't sound like it's a hard yeah, one. Yeah, no, it wasn't hard. 
Okay. All right, two meanings. The second less big meaning is of or relating to elves. So that's that's the meaning you're using. But number one, with reference to a person, small and delicate, typically with an attractively mischievous or strange charm. Tell me that doesn't describe Mark Sess. Small and delicate? I wouldn't describe him as delicate. Well, the mischievous, strange charm part. I think mischievous. Correct. You could have effectively stopped talking like three minutes ago (laughs) and done fine here. I want to call you physically. But we wouldn't have gotten a chance to see the like Arsenio Hall style fist pump. That's true. They see it a lot. Read the. (laughs) That was kind of a backward swipe. You wouldn't. I wouldn't call you physically delicate. No, but you're like a you're like a sensitive soul in a good way, not a negative way. You're kind of delicate in that sense. Mark's like, okay, move on. Yeah, I mean, I think the analysis has been rich. Let's (laughs) let's continue. (laughs) All right, let's continue. Uh, Good game of. Say it again, Lindsay, please. Qualis tu fantasia. Very good. Moving on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are four and five, and now they head to Philadelphia to face the Eagles. And ah, oh, come on! Not only was it a terrible picks week for me, I have a an old boss that was in a high stakes knockout pool. I'll call it that. And uh, he came to me for advice, and he said, "Should I take the Eagles?" And I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's a great matchup. The Eagles at home against the Dolphins." And what happens after taking a 16-3 lead? It all goes to hell. They lose their quarterback and then lose the game 2019. So the Eagles with a chance to really, uh, and my, my boss has not talked to me. My old boss hasn't talked to me since then. Don't blame him. Um, he should have e- checked the standings before asking you. Maybe text uh, Kevin Patra. He doesn't know Kevin, so that doesn't check out. But um, <laughs> So the Eagles are 4-5 and five and lose, lost the golden opportunity to be in first place in the NFC East. Now they get a chance to get on track against the Bucks. But the Bucks, Greg, they're frisky, aren't they? Bucks are okay. I mean, they're <laughs> lucky to be four and five. I still think the Eagles should be the better team in this game. But their wide receivers have become such a problem. Even though Jordan Matthews is playing better right now. Like, when was the last time Riley Cooper had a catch? Oh, I think it was a month ago. What happened to that? Literally, it was a month ago. Miles Austin hurts them week after week. You just, even though Mark Sanchez, I think, has shown he can move the ball, I, I don't, this just isn't the same Eagles passing game, no matter who's at quarterback. The receivers are so bad that Chip Kelly's taking them out of the lineup. They're going too tight end heavy now in a, in a run game. I, I think they're a run first, too tight end offense now, and th- th- he's de emphasizing the wide receiver. Which makes sense. It's so funny because it was just a couple seasons ago where they easily led the league in plays of 20-plus yards. They were all, you know, Deshaun Jackson, career year, Michael Vick having on his way to career stats, and it's completely changed. Take that. (laughs) Boom. I don't know what to make of the Eagles. I just They're very confusing. They're a very tough team to figure out, and I don't know how you lose that game. And and Mark Sanchez, you know, he's going to what? He's going to be starting the next two games, they're saying, or Rap Sheet was saying. And Dominic and Sue is how they lost that game. Sue took over. He took over. He took over the game. People, I had the 10 biggest free agent flops this week, and a lot of people suggested in Dominic and Sue, which suggests to me they aren't watching him play. He played He played great last week, one of his best games. Isn't it weird to say about a Chip Kelly team after all we've talked about and how diverse and edgy he is that the Eagles have no identity? Hmm. On they offense. really don't. They, they, that's true. Just just for fun, because it was a, a great piece by Wes. And just because I like that song. Can I get that Qualls 2 music? I'm going to do the top 10. Wes's top 10 free agent flops. I like that word, flop. Number 10, Greg Hardy. <laughs> That's funny. Number 9, Carrie Williams. 
Seahawks cornerback number eight, Byron Maxwell. Eagles cornerback, hmm. interesting. Number seven, Torrey Smith, uh, 49ers wide receiver. Six, Percy Harvin, the uh, Bills wide receiver. Antonio Cromartie, Jets cornerback five. Brandon Browner, Saints cornerback four. DeMarco Murray at three. Number two, Andre Johnson, Colts wide receiver. And number one, with a bullet, Dwayne Bowe, Cleveland Browns wide receiver. I like that list. Dwayne Bowe was the easiest one because they wanted to release him the day after they signed him, I think. They've been trying to release that guy since August. Right. Murray is played fine the last five or five weeks. I know the first month counts, whereas guys like Brandon Browner are actively torching their entire organization on a weekly basis. Murray, I think it's a little high for Murray. I, I could have I could have put him one because it he represents he is the poster child for the evils of free agency that you paid this guy and you signed him to so much money that he can't be allowed to fail. So now you've lost your identity and have to create a new one on offense. You have to de-emphasize what you've done all along and start building your offense around mm. DeMarco Murray, despite the fact that he's been thoroughly outplayed by Ryan Matthews but, and Darren Sproles. Yeah, plus the messiness in general of the whole Ryan Matthews signing, how they brought them both in and it, it's, and how Matthews ended up on the team. Like from the very beginning, it didn't have the right feel. It wasn't passing the smell test. And that's fine. DeMarco Murray's played better. So he's played so well that his average is up to 3.5 yards <laughs> per carry. Well, they need him well, this week. This should be a big week for Malina Weintraub, your fantasy team, because there's no Ryan Matthews, or it's not expected that he's going to play. and it, Which is good. They should play Darren Sproles more. He's never on the field. But if you're a rhythm running back, and then you go to a team where they want to rotate guys in and out of that position, then that... This is the rhythm of the night. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I apologize for inviting that. <laughs> is that uh, the rhythm? I, sh- not your fault I should say it. I missed about half of your list because I was listening to how the music so didn't go with what no, you it didn't match <laughs> it throwing me off. <laughs> I felt like I should be shopping at Fashion Island. There's, there's something about a jaunty saxophone <laughs> that I can't, I can't shake it. Wait, I was like Jimmy it. Graham on that list? He was well, not. I don't consider it. I don't oh, consider yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, we all took the Eagles in that game. I might change that pick. Okay. Why? I think that the I think I like Mike Evans had a very tough game with the drops against the Giants two Ten weeks ago. Ten drops in the last three weeks. I, he's he's had issue with drops, but he's still producing major numbers, and they have a passing game. Jameis Winston has, at, coming out of week one, I would have never thought this would have been Jameis Winston's season. And the Bucks feel like an 8-8 eight and eight team. They're going to steal some games. And again, I just don't see something invincible about Philadelphia. All right. Moving on, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, hardly invincible, but playing very well after that slow start. Uh, now up to 4-5, and five, right in the playoff mix in that big middle AFC wild card race. Now they head to San Diego to play the Chargers. And, uh, Greg, I thought you hit uh, the nail on the head uh, when you just described that this is just turning into almost like a Cleveland 95 season for San Diego. Uh, San Diego 15. Interesting. Doesn't have the same ring to it. But uh, just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. It's just kind of a lost year. So the Chiefs should continue their winning ways. Uh, but still, the Chargers are frisky, especially in their building. Chargers are a little like the Ravens in that they're in it each one of these games. They're, they don't look like a terrible team, but it's a pretty bad defense. And it's another game where you, we can just expect out of nowhere half of the city, Kansas City, is going to show up in that stadium. It's just like it's an amazing thing. I guess it's, it shows what a great place San Diego is to visit. Partly. It is a great place. And there's enough way to che- look on the bright side. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> true. That is one way to pose the question. But it's true. I, I am sure that Chiefs fans will show up there in mass and I think their defense will get it done and they'll win this game. We finally got a sponsor for the show, the San Diego Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
We're Lindsay. We're looking Come to for us. A we don't have a football team for long. I don't know. That's just mean. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to the San Diego Chamber, Chamber of Commerce. Mm, please do. Do they have? You think they have the COC? Money? They don't even have enough money to build a new stadium. That, that they want to put in a podcast instead of a stadium. They shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. They shouldn't build a stadium because they're they're smart like the rest of the governments around this country. City now, with no, no interest in having a football team decides to pump major cash into football podcasts. Don't think so. <laughs> right. They could like move us down to San Diego and we could be the the thing that the city rallies around. Doesn't check out a lot in a lot it's of ways. Very Sounds fictitious. like the plot to an awful movie. Let me throw out this under-the-radar motivational reason the Chargers might pull this off. Ooh, I like this. LaDainian Tomlinson mm -hmm. is getting his number retired at this game. Ooh. All right. That I I foresee a LaDainian Tomlinson fiery locker room speech. Ooh. Oh, he's good um, at that. Maybe fires up the running back core then? That's the next one. Do we see a rushing touchdown? Melvin Gordon the, uh, needs to be fired up by someone. He's not the best... Rookie running back in this game, Sharkandrick West is. But he's not Sharkandrick West is. He's not a rookie, a rookie either. But whatever. <laughs> he just kind of arrived on the Melvin team. Gordon's not the best running running back on his own team. Danny Woodhead is. Mm. I always um. No touchdowns on 135 touches. Wow. I come always on, come on spice rack. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel bad for um when a a football a team great gets his number retired on a game where the team plays like total crap in the first half. And then everybody's in a bad mood. It happened this past week. I'm trying to think. So Ron Wolf, did he get retired? Packers, yeah. And, yeah. And the Packers had just played the worst half of their life. You could just tell the crowd was like, uh, whatever. <laughs> if you could look at it, like maybe if they had Ron Wolf running the show, they would have won that game. Well, that's true. Mm. Uh, we I'm all. Putting it out there. We all took the Chiefs. How about that? that? Happening. Wow. All took the road team. According to no faith in the LT effect. No, but you well, we, didn't we had a bad that argument. Now. I think you just yeah. swayed all the picks. Connor's definitely going the other way now. I have Here's to digest that. that. Uh, moving forward, yes, the Green Bay Packers, who I was just talking about, we move uh, uh, to another late game. This is a uh, NFC North showdown. The Packers started 6-0, and uh, have now lost three straight, and they're facing the Minnesota Vikings, who are all alone at the top of the NFC North at 7-2. and two. Um, so here we go. Aaron Rodgers has a shoulder injury. Uh, however, Packers coach Mike McCarthy said that Rodgers, don't worry about it. He will be playing. I don't think that surprises anyone. So we have a big matchup here. Um, Lindsay, do you believe that the Green Bay Packers are going to snap out of it? Because if they don't snap out of it here, yeah. not only will they be riding a four-game losing streak and this thing is snowballing on them, they're two games out in their division with a loss to the Vikings. And and a head-to-head -head in Week 17 against them. Woo. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't figure out what's going on with the Packers. It just doesn't make any sense to me that they were so good. I mean, we're looking at Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago, and our, our analysts, Steve Mariucci, uh, Brian Billick, they're all looking at, at his tape and telling us that he's doing things on the field that they'd never seen a quarterback do before, it, breaking down all of these intricate ways in which he is better than everybody. And then all of a sudden, it just all falls apart. I, I don't understand how it happens that quickly. Is it possible that TV analysts don't know what they're talking about? Not TV analysts that were former head coaches, one of which won a Super Bowl. Wes wrote up. And I'm going to let them know that you said that. And Mooch is here this week. And <laughs> you fired. He might find you. Welcome to AOL.com, Greg. I've, I've blown this. <laughs> blown this whole thing. ATL, AOL. Yeah. Obviously, Aaron didn't get No, I'm he kidding. He didn't turn into a, a bad joke. quarterback. It was a joke. I, feel like I also don't understand what's going on with Eddie Lacy. Talent. 
There's no running game. What happened there? They're one of the great mysteries. They decided to target Devontae Adams 21 times. Well, the game plan was to feature him against the Lions cornerback who was making his first start with Rasheen Bathis at a lineup, and Devontae Adams couldn't win his matchup against a bad cornerback. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, when I watch it, I saw a flaw that, that he didn't have in the first half of the season. Even when he get, even when he has a time to get his feet set, he's not doing it. Mm-hmm. He has the uncanny, uncanny ability to throw from different angles and from different bases. He's one of the few quarterbacks you can watch, and he throws on the run without his feet under him and still gets a lot on it. But now, even when he has plenty of time to throw, he's not setting his feet, a lot like Cam Newton doesn't set his feet. And I think that's he's missing a lot of throws. And I think well, one of the problems for them in this game is the way to beat the Vikings – especially because the Packers are not a good run-blocking team. The Vikings are an outstanding run defense. They're really tough. For I think the way to beat them would be to go back and let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 50 times. But right now, that doesn't really seem like the Packers are set up to be that kind of team. I just I don't think Rodgers trusts the talent around him right now, and with good reason. But why does that happen to someone? This isn't a second-year quarterback where Rodgers' mechanics start breaking down. It's I, the last quarterback I would have picked for that to happen to. Actually, I think it's the other way around because he's the only one who can do that. It comes so naturally for him to throw from these different angles and different bases that he just falls into a bad habit. You well, kind of lapse into that. Maybe we do have to ask the question. He is on the injury report this week. Maybe he's not healthy. Maybe that's there's yeah. something physical wrong, physically wrong with him that they haven't been discussing. He threw 61 passes last week, mm. uh, and that's a lot of passes to throw. And, you know, I don't I don't think he necessarily took a beating uh, behind center last week. But, uh, by the way, I hold in my hands the 2015 season week 11 research notes. Pretty <laughs> it's pretty soft. Going through the entire Winwood catalog. I like it. Yes. The Packers currently boast the NFL's 21, 21st uh, total offense. Green Bay has not ranked outside the top 20 in total yards per game since 1991. Wes, who was the head coach in that year and who was the quarterback? 1991? Yes. This is both a, uh, just to give you some info and also a trivia I'll tell question. you. Dan Mikowski was the quarterback, or Don Mikowski was the cornerback. Magic man. Lindy Infante was the coach. Uh, it is, well, li- yes, Infante is the coach. Uh, the quarterback was Mike Tomzak. Mikowski hmm. was the starter. In 92, wasn't that the year? That's when Favre took over. For right. I think Mikowski This is 91, the last. Maybe he got Mikowski. hurt. Tomzak, yeah, was probably filling in. So there you go. I, I'm amazed that. How well Adrian Peterson's playing is not a bigger story right now because the last two weeks he has been incredible, and it's not just the boomer bust, the big plays. Now he's getting those seven, ten-yard runs. He looked mm. awesome last week. He I think gained powers the game went on last week. He, he was incredible. He had seven or eight runs where he's looking like peak Adrian Peterson in, with him, and then you have Linval Josephs playing about as good as any. Linjo. In defensive tackle, they kind of have the dominant guys. And one thing to watch in this game, Teddy Bridgewater, you think, you know, he got criticized. I think, what well, didn't he get criticized? You know, a little bit for his arm and, you know, wearing the gloves and stuff. He's not like the biggest quarterback in the world, but he has the most manly cadence before the snap, if you listen of any quarterback. I don't know. Could, Andrew Luck. Can you Luck. reenact it for us? I will I'm not. I'm not sure I know I will what not. I would like. be the last person in this room that would be able to do that. A very nasally Jew sort of sound. <laughs> Dan and you, you guys make your living off your pipe, so I think you will appreciate listening to Bridgewater on Sunday. It's just very full and aggressive. Cadence rankings. I got to go Andrew Luck, number one. <laughs> Loudest, <laughs> deepest voice out there. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's too. like a horse. That's a pretty um, good one. By the way, uh, we all took the Packers. And I'm switching my pick. 
Uh, you know what? Don't do it because you're afraid of the guys on Reddit, though. What we guy? got flamed on Reddit on a Reddit page where there was I counted the war. I added it up. There was a guy on Reddit. It was a whole Minnesota Vikings. Really? Thing where they just oh yeah bullied the around the NFL team for not like respecting their team. One guy had a 1,251 word post uh, where we all took heat. Mark, you took some certainly. Uh, as long I'm, I didn't let, take it. Let me let me. Uh, I picked the Vikings. As long did you like you're cut, not changing your pick because did you this cut Reddit, and paste that into something why. that would count the words? Yes. No, I counted actually. Did, you don't want to cross Dan. He will, he I, will take it yes. seriously. By the way, the collective candle power on Vikings Reddit couldn't light an attic. Whoa. 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 But, but here's why I'm going to switch. Those are fighting words. Because I think that with when you pick a team with Green Bay, it's like I will just pick them every week all season. But this may be a nine and seven team, and in Minnesota's defense, only the, only the Bengals. Wow. Are allowing fewer points per game than the than the Vikings, mm. and I I do understand that people have killed us because we were probably as a group a little slow to the draw for various reasons on Minnesota, and maybe we don't look at their record and trust them as so much as others because they had but an easy schedule. I do they trust won, their defense. They weren't playing well. Well, and, and yeah, they beat the Bears by three. They beat the Rams by it's, three. Yeah, it's I mean, also it's possible like for a team that's winning to improve. Like they played their best game of the season. There's no doubt about it last week, and so maybe they got it going. I think the Vik if I had to pick, I'd take the Vikings in this game. They certainly have the. But you don't pick. But strike, I had. I had to strike earlier. that from Someone the record. Made me. Please strike they that made from me. the record with silver. <laughs> I continue to get uh, tweets that Greg is making picks on the other podcast. Sure, I've heard that. It's, yeah, it's part of a bit. I this is a bigger game, and then he makes a mockery of it. Sorry. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. a bigger game for the Vikings than it is for the Packers. I mean, I think that I while the Packers need to pull out a win, I think that this is it for the Vikings, right? They, they're they right there. They're at the doorstep. If they're you feel disrespected, this is the yeah. win that's going to have everyone say, wait yep. a minute, Vikings are for real. I think that the Packers are a flawed team And if they don't right win, now. they're going to fall off mm. the face of the earth. But wow. even if the Vikings lose, they're 7-3. to three, They're okay. They're still in first place. If the Packers lose, you can really sense a panic uh, there will be no relaxing in Green Bay if that happens. You know what's interesting, though, in the NFC is looking at the schedules. All these teams play each other the rest of the way. Minnesota plays Green Bay twice. They play Seattle and Arizona. Green Bay plays some of these teams. Minnesota, if they did lose this game, they're at Atlanta. That's not too tough. But Seattle, then at Arizona, they have to go to Green Bay later. That is a, is a tough road. All right, moving on. The San Francisco 49ers are 3-6. and six. They now head to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And the Niners are going to be uh, a heavy favorite in this game. Or, excuse me, the Seahawks are going to be heavy favorite in this game for obvious reasons. But there is now um, – they've lost that invincibility in their own building, um, especially we saw it on Sunday night. They weren't able to close against Arizona, and that was really uh, stunning to see. So I still think, Wes, and maybe you agree with me, I'm sure you do, that while they should take care of business, and I think everyone's going to go that way, there is something going on with the Seattle Seahawks now where they are far from a team you always get behind in their building. Well, they're not as dominant as they were before, but they they gave up 39 points to the best offense in the NFC and possibly in the NFL. The, nobody shuts the Cardinals down. So, I, I mean, that doesn't bother me too much. I just think this is – Blaine Gabbard is lamb to the slaughter here. You 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 got lucky to beat the Falcons so Tom Sula gets one more week out of him, but this is – he didn't want to sacrifice Colin Kaepernick in this game. Hmm. Anybody else have anything on this game? I wonder why Russell Wilson hasn't played as well the last couple of weeks. I think his two, two worst – he's been about as consistent as any quarterback this year in terms of just steadiness week to week, and I think his worst two games are the last two weeks. They are not 
peaking as a passing attack. It, one of the reasons is playing Arizona, certainly, but the other secondary. one was against Dallas. It's a good game to get healthy, and Jimmy Graham hasn't scored a touchdown in six weeks. That is not That's working a head out. Scratcher. They got him for the red zone, and they don't use him there. Uh, we took Seattle that, across that the board. I don't understand. To the primetime game, we started with Sunday night. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals coming off their first loss of the season. They are now 8-1, and one, and now they get the Arizona Cardinals, the team of around the NFL uh, at 7 they are 7-2, an incredible victory on Sunday night, uh, a game where they were well ahead, then fell behind, then surged at the end. Uh, Carson Palmer doing great, uh, playing better than ever, or close to it. And, uh, Wes, this is uh, another revenge game opportunity for Carson Palmer, who was once the shining sun of Cincinnati, like you. <laughs> we both absconded with the church funds. Um, it's, he, I like that he came out and said it's not just another game. He didn't give some kind of cliché jock talk answer. It was, jock hey, you talk. know what, this, there's a lot on the line for this one, for me in particular. And he had, uh, he had told Mike Silver in September that, you know, he, he still has Ill, Ill feelings about that trade because he took an owner head on, and you just don't do that in the NFL. But I think this is – it's interesting that that trade – it was there was so much written about it, but it's almost worked out perfectly for every party involved. Hmm. But I mean, a little by mistake for the Raiders in a way. The, first of all, the trade doesn't look that crazy now. If you're the Raiders, like look, Carson Palmer is a pretty right. good quarterback, and it has worked out for them. But it did look like one of the great steals. It started by mistake. That, Hugh Jackson's going to be one of the hottest head coaching commodities this year. You've got the Bengals get Gio Bernard and Drake Kirkpatrick, who are playing pretty well, and you get, they go on and draft Andy Dalton because of the Palmer thing. Yeah, because w- remember, Hugh Jackson was kind of lampooned for how much he gave up to get Carson Palmer. He also Palmer- called it the greatest trade in football when it happened. Well, right. and then he loses his job, and Cincinnati hires him. It was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> so, yeah. What so are you getting at? I have said enough. <laughs> so this is a game uh, where I think, I don't even know, this is a game, to me, it's almost a coin flip, but... After what I saw from Arizona, listen, I, I'm behind them as team of ATL, but I wasn't maybe all the way in until what I saw them do, uh, what they did on Sunday night. So now I'm thinking, why would I ever pick against them the rest of the season? And that's the logic behind why I picked the Cardinals here, even though I still think Cincinnati's for real, even after a bad game against Houston. Uh, we talked about that Monday night game a little bit um, on the last show, Lindsay. Did you, in that uh, Monday night game, did you see any reason for real worry if you're a Bengals fan, or is it kind of well, just a bump in the road that was expected at some point? So one of the things that I think is concerning is that you had Tyler Eifert after the game say that, you know, after he dropped a couple of balls that it kind of got in his head and he started thinking about it, yeah. and then that became a problem. Well, I, I can't help but think that that might be uh, – emblematic of a larger issue there maybe in Cincinnati like you can't not think about the fact that everyone's waiting for you to fail yeah and I'm a f- I, I'm that that quote made me think like maybe they're playing not to lose instead of and playing to win and and f- you know and I think Andy operating Dalton. out of fear as opposed to I, I think that maybe one of the best things that could have happened to the Cardinals is losing earlier in the season. They're out of that undefeated team. That's what like, I'm talking they're about. flying a little bit under the radar. Right. I mean this is the third ranked defense in the league and the first ranked offense. And we're not talking about them like we're talking about the Patriots or the Bengals or the Panthers or anything. That's how they like lose this week, Hemo Sabi. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that um, and that Handy Dalton, as much as fun we had with it, what he said after the game and how he reacted to it, there's still there was something to that too. I mean, he the way he 
uh, showed some thin skin and, and overreacted. They didn't really – they didn't come off well at all in that game. And I'm more concerned with how he's played on the field, that he played that game very carefully – or he just was inaccurate, throwing a lot of deep passes out of, ball, out of bounds, which reminded me of the old Andy Dalton. He struggled a few weeks ago against Pittsburgh. The last time that he was throwing those deep balls like he was just on fire, I, I went back. It was really week five against Seattle. He had a very good game against Buffalo where they just moved it down the field. They had to buy, and he hasn't had those explosive plays, even against Cleveland that we saw early. And now he goes and plays the best secondary in the league when Patrick Peterson is the second best player in your secondary it's the best secondary in the league and it's it's a tough ma- it's the toughest matchup for just about anyone I think for me it's not a coin flip ba- game because it, number one Arizona is a sneaky home field advantage they're excellent in that stadium but the Cardinals were just starting to see their full power and there really isn't a identifiable weakness with this team and it's not a good matchup for Cincinnati and, and I can't point to one thing that Arizona does that's completely deficient I I would like to see an edge rusher step up. Right. They don't have a natural. Chris Johnson's plays dropped off as well. I mean, Ellington. Yeah, but they can throw it. Ellington's averaging eight yards a carry. They're a lot like the Jets, except better personnel in the secondary, which makes sense because they're run by, you know, the same tree of coaches and Bulls was there, that they don't get anyone that that makes one-on-one moves in terms of the pass rush. Everything is from blitzing. Mark, let, me if- jump, let me jump way ahead. Mm. Uh, and I'm not putting them or anything. I'm not putting them there. But how fun would a Bruce Arians team in the Super Bowl be? Oh, absolutely. Oh, this this team is I mean, that week would be. I'm putting them there. Yeah, Let's yeah. do Amazing. it. There are so many great stories on this team. Carson yeah. Palmer's redemption. Chris Johnson. Nobody wanted him. Larry Fitzgerald's one of the classiest guys in the league. Uh, Honey Badger's a great story, sure. and, and I think you agree is a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. Absolutely. I mean, and, and you, Greg mentioned on his NFL Network hit that he's outplayed Patrick Peterson this season. I mean, you couldn't – he wasn't healthy all and last year. And by the way, year. Patrick Peterson's outplayed 99% right. of the cornerbacks right. in the NFL. He's playing very well. His Twitter handle is like comeback season. I don't know if it you is. noticed that. And he's, and he's having it. He's having the comeback season. Honey Badger would be the number one get for like, uh, you know, local columnists that flooding San Francisco's area in Super Bowl week. Because he is uh, such a – it's a great story. That would be the story. You, he would be the, one of the biggest stars of that week as well. Uh, we all took the Cardinals. Team of all of us. I like that. With authority. Moving on to the final game of the week, Monday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills travel to Foxborough to face the Patriots. The Bills finally uh, won two in a row with Rex Ryan here. Uh, coming off that big win on Thursday night. Uh, against the Jets at the Meadowlands. So obviously there's some uh, swagger in the building for Rex and company. The problem is that they got to go to New England, a place where very few teams win, very few Rex Ryan teams win. Uh, So here's the question, Greg Rosenthal. Uh, I know New England's missing some weapons. At some point that's going to show. But in prime time with Tom Brady, they're still going to blow out the Bills, right? I don't think so. Mm. I I think they're getting – the Bills are getting the Patriots – at the right time, and I think the Bills are getting better, and nothing would surprise me in this game. I know uh, Connor picked the Bills, part of our bold predictions. I thought about it. I, I don't. I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, the the, Patriots, the Bills probably have a stronger roster from top to bottom right now than the Patriots. The Patriots do, are considering Jamie Collins isn't going to play, and Edelman and Deion Lewis are out. It does look like they're going to get the offensive line. You never know with the Patriots until game day, but it sounds like they're going to get Volmer and maybe Cannon back, which which does make a pretty big difference. Look, they're a great team, but great teams go fourteen and two, and they lose two games. 
and they go in little dips of the season when think people are a little injured, and they play in a team that has the has the people that can give them trouble. I mean, Rex Ryan's head would explode on the sideline. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if they won that game, if you thought you saw anything last week. Right. I think win or lose, his head's going to explode in this game. Wes, Wes <laughs> is probably right about the Bills currently in this, these teams' current states. They have the better personnel overall. But still, the edge is so huge to me, coach and quarterback. Absolutely. That that's I could why. not pick against the Patriots. Right, that's I why. wouldn't either. But the Patriots, you know, in week two or whenever that was, they passed for the most yards uh, any team ever did against the Bills, but they can't do that because they spread. That was all spread attack with Deion Lewis and Edelman. They can't do that, and they can't do the same thing anyways. That's Belichick. They can't, they couldn't come out with the exact same game plan because the Bills will be prepared. Well, they don't do that. They, ne- they never do that. But Edelman and Deion Lewis combined for well over two hundred yards in that game, mm. and it were a big part of why Gronkowski was not such an obvious target at times. Now, like the Bills are going to basically try to wipe out Rob Gronkowski and just see what everybody's else going to. Well, but yeah. every everyone's always tried to. It hasn't. But it's a lot easier when you don't have to send extra coverage to Edelman or worried about putting a safety on Deion Lewis. I want to see uh, the the Malcolm Butler, Sammy Watkins matchup because at this point Malcolm Butler is moving mm. into my pantheon of all time favorite Patriots. Mm. He's getting there with Ty Law and Troy Brown in the mix and just because and Willie McGinnis. There's just so many choices Willie's in there. Okay, I'm just but sure. just. In New England, they've Since essentially confirmed the building, their 15th big. straight winning season, so that right. pantheon is packed. Greg has, like, hundreds of players to pick from. Yes. I, know, I just gave you, like, three. I hold in my hand one last time the <laughs> Week 11 research notes. I'm enjoying this one more. Same Okay, that one was fun. Watch out, Lindsay. They, that was th- the best one. Sydney could definitely clip yeah. that and <laughs> send it out as a, as a GIF. Yeah. Well, we've now went from uh, Is it a Steve GIF Winwood. or a GIF? That's, that's one of the GIF. hotly debated things of all time. Okay. GIF. The guy I, that invented it calls it GIF. But, oh, well. Really? Uh, like yes. the popcorn? All right. We go, from, we go from Winwood to the throne of ease. New England Patriots. Greg on his throne. Cherubs around him feeding him grapes. <laughs> As Mark said, the Patriots have clinched their 15th straight winning season. The next longest active streak belongs to the Packers, who have six. The throne of ease. Congratulations. Worst Uh, worst they've done in that span is tie for first place, which to me is even crazier. Tie for first place and don't make the playoffs. Right. That happened twice. It's been quite a run. Oh, that was a tough season, Greg. <laughs> uh, Connor Orr took the Bills, as we stated. The rest of us took the Patriots. And that's it for the preview of Week 11. Uh, well, Lindsay, you've said it all. You've come in here and again dominated <laughs> in a big spot. And all I have you, to say. You proved that being a network star uh, doesn't put you above the little people when it comes to podcasting. And for the most part, you spoke when spoken to, and I appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Lindsay is a, uh, a celebrity within these walls. What? That is uh, it. Within these walls. Like, literally this room. <laughs> well, no, I mean, nice kind of the... That has five people in The it. campus. The but campus yes, within here, too. Anyway. Even that could be seen as a little bit of a shot. I think I'm being respectful, and yet... Or an overstatement. Being thrown back <laughs> in my face. We will be back... On Sunday night, of course, and that will be we will uh, recap all of these games. We call it our flagship show, Lindsay, just to bring it all uh, back around. 
And uh, so make sure you tune in for that. Thank you. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, Linz, the <laughs> boss, and La Cid behind the glass. I need a much cooler nickname. I know. We're working <laughs> on it. <laughs> Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.